1: Welcome in here to another edition of Long Tossin' on this sixth day of August. We're here in Arlington, Texas, wrapping up a three-game interleague set with the Texas Rangers, Stephen Strom, Kyle Seeloff, Rod Allen. Great to have you with us. Fellas, it's really hot outside. Yes,
2: it is very hot, but it's nice. I love Texas. No doubt. Great very, state. very hot out there, but we stay at a really comfortable spot. I enjoy where we, have, we stayed the last few days. When we got
1: into Texas, I went to a Tom's Thumb to Get Contact Solution. And it was 930 at night and it was 99 degrees. I did not know that that was possible, but we are comfortable here in beautiful Globe Life Field. This is my first time here. I know Kyle as well. Where does this rank as far as stadiums go, guys? We'll start
2: with Rod. Uh, this is my first time here as well. I have never been in this beautiful venue. Uh, they did a marvelous job uh, architecting uh, this building. We had a chance to talk to Mike Healy yesterday, who is Uh, one of the uh, main people here in Texas that kind of helped build this facility. He gave us some uh, really cool uh, nuggets as far as the building is concerned. But uh, it's a special building. I mean, there's some nice uh, buildings that we have a chance to go to and broadcast games, but this has to be uh, right up there at the top as far as I'm concerned. There's a lot of of detail went into this place. It's very, very comfortable. Kyle? It's right up there.
0: This is a cool place. I love the atmosphere in here. I like the construction of the ballpark. You know, the surface is nearly identical to what we play on at home. I actually got some more information on this this morning, if I may bore you for a minute. Please bore us. So the playing surface is the same as Lone Depot Park. The surface colors are also the same as Lone Depot Park. But the difference is Texas went with seven-and-a-half-foot stripes in the infield. Lone Depot Park has three-foot stripes. And the base for the field is different as well. Now... Both fields have the Shaw B1K surface on top of the shock pad. But Texas has a concrete surface on top of the shock pad. But Texas has concrete under their entire field. (laughs) Lone Depot Park has 10 inches of crushed granite with concrete edges to handle the transition between turf and dirt and the mound and the warning track.
1: How did this... How did they play in this heat? I'm sorry. I'm still on the heat thing. I, I have no idea how. What, Rod, what's the hottest game that you've ever coached or played in?
2: I came here for a number of years. I mean, the, the building across the street, I mean, it's still there. And uh, we used to broadcast games over there, and the weather would be the exact same that it is right now. Uh, You go into the building. You pretty much stay upstairs in the broadcast booth. You might go down uh, to the clubhouse. Most of the managers, they do their – instead of Skip Schumacher, you know, talking to the media in the dugout, he probably would talk inside his clubhouse. That's what most managers do here. And you just adjust. They didn't play any day games. They played all night games. Uh, so it was just a way of adjusting. But it did wear on the players. And that's why they built this beautiful facility uh, so the players can go out and and, and compete at a, at, a, at a level that they should be able to compete at without playing in this kind of heat outside.
1: I have no idea how those guys did it. But we're here on a Sunday afternoon. The Marlins are looking to avoid a sweep here at the hands of the Texas Ranger. I feel like I've been saying that a lot here on Long Toss and on the Road, Kyle. Mm. Um you know, again, it, lucky enough. We'll just I'll try to recap this all. The NL Wild Card is what the Marlins are vying for right now. Fortunately for Miami, teams like Cincinnati they've struggled. Arizona has struggled. Philadelphia has been a little up and down. Bottom line here though is the Marlins need to figure out how they can string together a couple of wins here, a couple of wins there, and avoid this possible large losing streak and it's really started on the road they've really struggled on the road since sweeping boston
2: well they've got to figure it out uh, that much we do know it's very disappointing to have watched where they were uh, 14 games over for that lead to uh, shrink all the way down to four games over 500 Uh, Sandy is pitching today Sandy usually gives the team a very good outing and they need him to go out and win this baseball game and if they get a chance to win this one just move forward you really can't change anything that has happened in the past I will say this about yesterday's game I loved the energy that they came out and played with yep they scored eight runs they ran the bases they played good defense they did all the things from an offensive standpoint that you do to win a baseball game Unfortunately, on the pitching side, they just didn't get it done. And that's not a good recipe for success. And when you're going up against one of the best offensive teams in all of baseball. But at some point in time, they got to stop feeling sorry for themselves. They got to forget about what's happened in the past. They got to start looking to the future. And they got to play offense and play with the same kind of energy that they played with yesterday. In my opinion, if they do that, they can figure this thing out. I would agree with something
0: Rod said yesterday, or maybe it was Friday, Rod, but I think no, I think we were talking about it yesterday on Saturday, and that for the first what felt like three and a half months of the season, you know, the Marlins were always the aggressor, and now for the last six weeks or so, it feels like they're waiting for the shoe to drop, right? And it's like, well, we've got a three-run lead, but how's it going to end? How are we going to find a way to lose it? And that was just something we certainly did not feel to start this season, and We probably sound like a broken record but this organization top to bottom is predicated on pitching and they need good pitching and yesterday they did not get it when you have a five nothing lead skip even said it after the ball game we got to hold on to a five nothing lead we got to win the game and
2: unfortunately they were not able to do it and unfortunately for this i mean this is skip schumacher's really first test yes as a manager this is really first tough test the last 20 games not that he's doing anything wrong But at some point in time, as a manager, you have to kind of push all the buttons, change the lineup, whatever it takes to try to get them going. I mean, loosen the clubhouse up. And I know he's doing all of that. I'm just saying that this is his first big test. We'll see how he handles it, too, moving forward.
1: Yuri Perez could possibly rejoin this team. What can his impact and influence and just overall being in that clubhouse when – that team was going on a huge run I mean I looked up the numbers the Marlins since Yuri Perez got sent down are 7 and 16 they were 51 and 38 when Yuri was optioned they're 58 and 54 they've won seven games since Yuri Perez has went down I know he only starts once every five days but he immediately had an impact early on with the Marlins
0: game one that is Monday night in Cincinnati and I suppose we're putting this out Sunday night, so he's right, so apparently gonna start or tomorrow yeah. or this morning, whenever we end up getting this out. But yeah, I mean the kid's impact cannot be understated. He's twenty years old, but he came up and had a massive impact. I think it's also very fair to say the kid showed he was probably one of the best players on the team for a guy that contributes once every five days. I mean that's that's really impressive. He's extremely fun to watch. And you feel like the ball club is better with him on the mound. Now I would I would make sure that we caution folks in one regard, even though Yuri Perez has had five weeks off or whatever it's been now. That does not mean he's coming up and they're going to let him throw 105 pitches and let him go seven or eight innings. The leash will be as tight as it was when he first came Probably up. Probably tighter because he only is, made two starts. Right. It's going to yep. be 90 pitches and in six innings. And I have said this over and over again. Number one, the kid is unbelievable. It felt like outside of the Atlanta start, six innings were effortless and he came out of the ballgame. They always had a chance to win. But I thought Skip and his club did a great job of making sure that there was never any stretch and, and – give a lot of credit to Yuri. He made it stress-free, but the one hint of trouble he had, he was out after like 34 pitches in Atlanta, and I think it just goes to show you how good the kid is. I mean, it's six innings of stress-free baseball every five days.
1: And I think the interesting part, too, is when Yuri was up here, we talked about the one-two punch of Uri and Sandy, and Sandy was not pitching well at that point. If you get this version of Sandy, the one that we saw last week against Philadelphia and the week before that against Tampa, you combine that if you just get what you got with Yuri when he was up here. Watch
2: out. No doubt. Uh, when Uri shows up uh, tomorrow, if, in fact, he does show up tomorrow and, and pitch against the Cincinnati Reds, uh, the entire organization is going to get a shot in the arm, not just the it's players. Like a boost. But the front office, the scouts, everybody that had a chance to watch Uri perform at this level will be happy to see him back up here performing at this level again because when he was here, everybody was in a good mood. You need those young, fresh faces around. He's 20 years old. He always had a smile on his face. He keeps you young. He keeps you loose. And they need guys like that on this roster. Not only that, he's gifted and talented. And when he left, you could see a visible, I'm not going to say down clubhouse, but there was a difference in the clubhouse when Yuri left. And I'm sure when Yuri does come back, you will see the clubhouse invigorated. Guys will be laughing and smiling and joking. And if he pitches tomorrow, it's going to be off the chain. I yep. can't wait if that's the case. If Yuri's coming back tomorrow to go against Cincinnati, one of the best prospects in all of baseball, that kid, De La Cruz, it's going to be must-see TV. I can't wait. I cannot wait for tomorrow if he's coming. And
0: he's going right into the
2: fire. Why I mean, he's not? He's facing a Cincinnati Red club. And that's a club. good ballpark to hit in, too, but yuri has got and that they are power a good team. stuff.
0: You know, here's the other thing, too, and I, something that we were chatting about a few minutes ago. It's fun for us to do the whole National League wild card race every single day. There's a long way to go. There's two months of baseball left. It ain't good right now, and it's not gonna matter if they cannot find a way to win games. But the Marlins are in an okay spot. They have been benefited by everybody else around them in the National League wild card picture, losing every single day. They gotta get hot again. Again it it's not going to matter if they can't turn things around themselves, but there's a lot of time left. Every team, it feels like, and I'd have to go check this to be certain, every team's going to go through a stretch every season where yep. you're 5-13 and 13 over an 18-game stretch, 5-15 and 15 over a 20-game stretch. But at some point, you've got to snap out of it. And again, I will continue to say it until I'm blue in the face. And you got a kid, and Uri, potentially coming back up here. It's going to start on the mound, right? You have a five-nothing lead. It starts right there. You got to win that ball game yesterday.
2: Yeah, but I believe they will turn it around. Yeah. I just think that uh, the the twenty-six man roster that Kim Hang, Ang, excuse me, has assembled here, in the addition she's made with Berger and Bell and Robertson in the back end—that's a go good team. I what agree. She's already had. Uh, they are going to win some baseball games. Yeah. It's a good team, and they got some good players. They got some guys that are battle tested. They've got some guys that have played in the postseason. Before So they've covered and checked every single box. They're just not winning right now, and they have to figure out a way, which starts today, to come out and outplay this Texas team. This Texas team is for real. There's no doubt about that. And all the teams are going to play the second half of the season that are in contention are going to play us equally as tough. So they just have to go and win some baseball games, and you do have to win a game when you're up 5 to nothing, And that's why yesterday's loss was uh, as demoralizing as just any loss we've had this year. Right, and I think to your point, Rod,
0: this is still a good baseball team. It's not like the conversation is they were getting lucky winning games because they're filled with a bunch of 4A players. This team is good, and they can pitch well. Now, the bullpen has struggled, but offensively, they're good enough to win games. The pieces in that clubhouse are good enough to get this team back on track and to make a postseason run and make in September very, very interesting. I think that when you try to take a look at it from 10,000 feet, you expect them to be able to pitch – when Yuri comes back, Yuri, Alcantara, Lazardo, Garrett, who's been great, and Johnny Cueto has really held his own.
1: We haven't talked enough about Cueto. Right. We will but, in then, this pod.
0: but on the other side, you know, you know, Rise and Soler and Berger and Bell, and hopefully Jazz can get healthy. You feel for him, but like they're good enough. De La Cruz and Sanchez, this team is good enough to win games. They just have to start doing it again.
1: And I, I'm going to end on this optimism here. Every team, like you said, goes through these stretches. Now, Kyle, you know the importance of when these stretches happen. Does it feel late here in August? Of course. Of course it feels a little bit more because we're getting close to the end of the season. But like you said, there's 50 games left. Yeah. 49 tomorrow. And you're going to go through these stretches. And Kyle, I just I I want to end with this. You want to go through this now. And you assume that you're going to get on the other side of it. Hopefully. you much rather go through this stretch in the beginning of August, then at the middle of September right. or the end of September, I agree. Or you're completely done at that point. Yeah,
0: I agree, and it's I forget who said it, but there's like the old adage: if you get off to this kind of start, you know, oh, it's early. If it happens at the middle of the season everybody forgets about it. If it happens at the end of the year, it's too late. It, you know, it's just, it, it's it's one of those things. They're good enough. They just got to start winning games. That's the bottom line.
1: All right. Josh Bell and Jake Berger have made an immediate <laughs> impact. And I think there's a couple of things that you knew you were going to get. You knew you were going to get power with Jake Berger. He hits his first home run as a Marlin on Saturday afternoon. Uh, you knew you were going to get uh, walks with Josh Bell and a power bat uh, in both of them. But I think the underrated part that we've seen so far is these guys can play some defense.
2: Well, go ahead, Ron. And that's key. I mean, because when you have guys like our pitchers, I mean, obviously we have a lot of strikeout pitchers, but when they're not striking out people, they're getting lots of ground balls. I mean, Sandy gets a ton of ground balls. Also does Luzardo and Braxton Garrett. They all get lots of ground balls. So you have to have some guys in the infield that can make some plays for you. We've already seen Bell on the other side of the diamond save a couple of really bad throws from the shortstop and the third baseman. And we've also seen Berger over at third base show some agility at his position. Made a real nice play yesterday with the bare hand. Didn't get the out because Tavares is a really fast runner. He got an infield single, but it was a nice athletic play, and that's what you need if you're going to move forward. And as we say all the time, if you want to play some games, in meaningful games in, in the month of September, pitching and defense is going to be that recipe. You can book it.
0: Here's another thing, too. Uh, it was probably a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if we were chatting on air about it. If we weren't, I'm happy to chat about it now. The construction of this team was going to look a whole heck of a lot different. Come next year, you are going to lose guys like Garrett Cooper, presumably, and Jorge Soler might still be gone. But I give Kim and her team a lot of credit for what they just did at the deadline. Because now you look at it, and I don't want to look too far down the road, but I think it's fun to do it now. The way that the thing looks, you're going to have Sandy and Yuri and Lazardo and Cabrera and Garrett, you know, other guys in the rotation, and who knows? You could even go out and try to get somebody, whatever. But now, all of a sudden, a rise is going to be back. I think Josh Bell will pick up his player option. You know, we'll see what the Marlins do at shortstop. But they've got the young kid, Xavier Edwards. If Joey Wendell's not here, and all of a sudden, Jake Berger's here long-term. And you've got De La Cruz and Sanchez and Chisholm. All of a sudden, when you look at this thing, the team is, is in a position right now, and I know this is very far down the road, that this thing is not going to look a whole heck of a lot different come opening cotton- day no, next year. Yep. right? And now, that then lends the opportunity to the front office to simply try to go improve the team instead of trying to rebuild it. I mean, a lot of what we're seeing now is what we're going to see next opening day, whenever it is, I'm sorry. But um, I think that's a credit to Kim and her team, and I I think they're building now and also for the future.
1: As we kind of also have an interesting week at the ballpark with Friday night, Josh Beckett, Jeff Conine, Derek Lee, Mike Lowell, Carl Pavano, Juan Pierre, when the Marlins take on the Yankees. But uh, just to kind of put a bow on this weekend, I thought it was really nice, the breakfast that we had on uh, Saturday morning with all of our
2: partnerships. I enjoy um, mingling with our partners. I enjoy mingling with the fans. I enjoy mingling with the the players' parents. I I just love that part of the gig because uh, they get the chance to listen to us and hear us, and a lot of times we're the – the only voices that they have, you know what I mean? We're talking about their sons and, and of course the sponsors, they're dialed into the ball club as well because they enjoy our club. They some of our players are, are you know, do things for the sponsors. But it's just the joy to get in and see their faces and mingle with them, take some pictures, shake some hands, sign some autographs and make them feel special. Where's my guy, Joseph? He was up here yesterday. Joseph Pubchar. Joseph's in the gym, man. You see them pipes he
0: had yesterday. Yeah, CEO, Accident Medical Group. He's got a little uh, he's gig in the with gym, Sandy. Man.
2: He uh, wears them shirts like Skip, them schmediums. Yes.
0: <laughs> I'm going to start doing that. Those blueberry muffins at
2: that breakfast yesterday were fantastic. There were the the croissants, croissants was the was off the croissant? chain, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, they were good? Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. yeah I'm not a croissant guy.